This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. We'll talk today out of Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Watch what it says here. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, I love these verses here. This is Paul the Apostle. He's writing to a church in Rome, and he has just laid out our righteousness. He says, guys, you don't have a righteousness of your own, but now through faith in this king, through faith in this man, you have a righteousness that comes from Jesus. He says, because of all these things, he's been talking for many chapters, because of these truths, because of who we are in Christ, because God has been so good. Therefore, I urge you, I implore you, I beseech you in view of God's mercy. I like that part right, right there because he's talking about, you ever get a room with a view? You ever be somewhere with just an amazing, breathtaking view? He's saying, view God's mercy. Come on, has God been good to anybody today? Come on, has God been faithful to anybody today? Come on, can anybody look back at your life and see God's hand, God's provision, God's blessing? Oh, y'all get, come on, you can get louder than that if you're grateful that God's been good. In view of God's mercy. You ought to get a room with a view. He said, therefore, in view of God's mercy, you ought to respond. In other words, you ought to react. You, you, you can't just take all this goodness from God and act like it ain't there. No, we, we view God's mercy and we respond. How? He said, the reasonable response to Jesus, the reasonable response to grace is we offer our lives as a living sacrifice. Now, this is much different than a uh, sacrifice that used to happen in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they would take an animal, they would kill it, and they would offer to God a sacrifice. In the New Testament, because of Jesus, we offer our lives a living sacrifice. So while we are living, while we are breathing, while we are eating vegan in L.A., we are offering our lives as a living sacrifice. He says this is a reasonable response. As if we can come before God and say, you know, God, you've been so faithful and so patient and so good. I think that my response, um, I should just come to church or I, I will just I will, I'll, I'll be a believer in God. No, the reasonable response in view of God's mercy is to offer our lives as a living sacrifice. He says this is holy and pleasing to God. He said, and then you will know. And then once you offer your life as a living sacrifice, then you will know his will. And what is God's will for our life? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. In other words, when you offer your life before God, that's when you discover how good his will is. That his plan and his will is better than your plan and your will. Come on, somebody thank the Lord today that we can discover God's plan and it's by offering our lives a living sacrifice. Want to preach a message today? You can write down the title. It's called A Life That Pleases the King. 
A life that pleases the king. Now, before I preach this, I just want to get one thing clear, that we are, we are on the same page here. We want to live a life that pleases the king, but let me encourage you. You are already pleasing to the Lord. When God looks at you, he is not angry. He is not disappointed. He is not upset. No, when God looks at you, he sees his son, Jesus. In fact, the Bible says your life has been hidden in Christ. God's wrath has been turned away. His anger has been appeased because of the atonement and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Anybody thankful today that God is already pleased with you because of the life of Jesus Christ? Oh, y'all got to make some more noise than that. Somebody thank Jesus that God is already pleased with you because of the life of his son so in spite of all that even though he is pleased we want to live a behavioral lifestyle that pleases the lord oh to please our king we are in his kingdom he is the king and oh we may we be servants that please his life that please the lord if there's anything in life you want it's to live a life that pleases the king Come on, we're going to pray and we're going to believe that God will speak to us today and we'll believe today that the Eagles will get a victory in Jesus' name. We're believing that for Gamby, our drummer. Come on, he's wearing an Eagle sweater today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that you're so kind and you're so loving and so gracious. And we remind our soul and our situation of who you are. Thank you today that you are wonderful. You are our counselor. You lead us and you guide us. Open up our eyes today so we can see you. Open up our ears today so we can hear you. We love you more than life itself. God, we're declaring victory over the Eagles. And God, we are declaring that next year the Los Angeles Lakers will win the NBA championship and the Dodgers will win the World Series in Jesus' name. And all the Angelinos said, come on, let's clap and thank God one more time. Come on, Los Angeles. Let's get some faith for it. We're just lending our blessing to you, Gamby. Go Eagles. Um, I, I don't know what kind of a relationship you have with your parents, in particular with your dad. I have an awesome dad. Anybody love your dad? Let me just see your hand. You love your dad. I love my dad. My dad's the man. I got a, I, I got a good dad. My dad's 5'10". That means I'm taller than him. Holler at you, boy. And uh, I love my dad. He's a good man. My dad is a preacher. My dad is a golfer. My dad is an avid book reader. My dad is a leader. Everything that my dad is, I became. You're a product of your environment. So I just grew up thinking my dad is the greatest. My dad's the best. My dad has fun. My dad has friends. My dad is cool. My dad's legs look like my legs. This is awesome. Like I just, I just wanted to be like dad. So now I'm a preacher and I'm a golfer and I, well, I don't read books, you know, but I write them. Um, but, but I just, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I just, everything my dad is, I, I wanted, I wanted always to please my dad. I wanted my dad to be proud of me. I wanted to make my dad proud. Even like when I was in middle school and high school, when I was growing up, I wasn't really serving God. Like I went to church, but it was like, it was my parents' faith. wasn't my faith yet. So I remember growing up, I'd be in church and I didn't want to disappoint my dad. So I'd be in worship. Like I'd be raising my hands and I just only do it because I want, I didn't want to disappoint my dad. I didn't want my dad to, to look down on me. I wanted to make him proud. So even though I wasn't into it, I would just, you know, raise my hands. I'll never forget this one year it was New Year's day. I was in high High school and my dad's friends are all over. I wanted to make my dad laugh. So all, my, all his friends are over. We're joking around. I'm in high school. And I'll never forget, I said this joke that was inappropriate. You ever be in a social situation and you say something dumb? <laughs> Raise your hand if you ever said something dumb. So I said such a dumb joke that the, just all of the air in the room went out. The, it just whoop, 
just left. And I'll never forget my dad. He looked at me with such disdain. He looked at me with such disgust. My dad was just like, you can leave right now. And I'll never forget later in the day, he's like, son, I'm disappointed in you. Like, you ever have someone say something to you, your, your lip starts to quiver? You're like, like, I was just, I felt so bad because I disappointed my dad. I, want, I wanted nothing more than to please my dad. No better feeling growing up than my dad said, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of your report card. That never happened. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of your basketball game you just played. Never happened. Um, I, but to make my dad proud, I want to talk today about living a life that pleases the Lord. So interesting in life. You cannot please everybody. You cannot live as a people pleaser. If you try and please everybody, you're going to end up disappointing everybody. Even though you can't please everybody, there is one person you can please. There is one person you can choose. And I'm telling you today at Zoe Church, we are making the decision to live a life that pleases the Lord. Oh, come on, somebody give them praise. If you want to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. A pleasing aroma. We had someone walk into the green room today. They walked up into the green room and they walked in. They go, whoo, it smells good in here. What is that candle? I said, I don't know. Ask the team, but it does smell good. Like it's a pleasing aroma, a pleasing taste. We want to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. Make decisions that when we make the decision, God looks down and says, that's what I wanted you to do. That's how I would have handled that conflict. That's what I want you to do with your time. We want to live a life that is pleasing to the king. Not out of fear. We already have his favor. We already have his approval. But because he's been so good in view of his mercy, I offer my life. I want to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Let me give you four things that you can do to please God. Write down number one. We live a life of surrender. We surrender our life to God. In other words, we say, God, it's not my will be done. It's your will be done. This is the prayer of Jesus. This is what Jesus prayed. Jesus only went to the cross because he prayed this prayer. Not my will, but your will. It's amazing. Early on in your walk with God, you ought to just let God win the will battle in your life. Now, God has given us all free will. You have the ability to choose what you want, do what you want. That's a gift from God, but that can be a curse from God for some of us that don't know how to submit our will to God. Surrender means to yield. So we yield our life. What, what, what surrendering is just saying, God, I, you, you decide my geography. You decide my occupation. You decide my relation. I just, I'm yielding to whatever you want. I surrender to your plan and your will for my life. I, you, you ever be in your car and you're rolling down the road and a yield sign shows up and you see that yield sign? Nobody blows past that. Nobody just keeps driving. No, you pump on the brakes, you slow down a bit, and you yield to see what's going on. A surrendered life doesn't just do what it wants to do, go wherever it wants to go, say whatever it wants to say, spend whatever it wants to spend. No, it yields to God. It's a surrendered life. Over the holidays, my, my, my parents came down and, and spent Christmas with us. We had a great time, great holidays. And um, one of the meals, you have a lot of meals over the holidays, you know. We're all sitting there at my, my, my uh, table there in the, in, in the dining room, and we're having a meal together. And, and the four-year-old, my four-year-old Winston, he finished his, his meal early, finished his plate quick. And, and then he asked, he said, can I be excused? I was proud in front of my mom. I was like, yeah, that's right. He does it every time. It was his first time. Okay. <laughs> But he said, can I be excused? I said, yes, son. Yes, you may. 
Put your, um, put your dish in the sink, son. Go play along with your toys. So my son, he, he goes, and the two-year-old wasn't having it. I mean, my two-year-old Mavi, he was just fighting. He just, he didn't want to eat his veggies. He didn't want to eat his meal. And I just, you know, mom's watching, so I'm, I'm, I'm putting the time today. So I just, I, I just stay with him. Come on, son, you're going to eat today. I'm encouraging. I'm doing the airplane trick and, you know, everything. And, and about an hour, it took about an hour for the two-year-old to finish his lunch. And then when he got done, I didn't ask him. I just unbuckled him. You're good to go. Just flee from my presence. And so... <laughs> But, but my mom said something. She, my mom said, you know, it's good that you did that because you've got to win the battle of will early in his life. If you do it when they're a kid, you won't have to try and do it again when they're a teenager. And I thought, I keep thinking about that. So many of us, you ought to just, as you're entering into a relationship with God, you ought to just, you ought to let God win the battle for will early. Say, God, I'm not going to fight you my whole life. It will save you so much time. It will save you so much money. It will save you years of your life just to say, God, I'm living surrendered before you. I'm not pushing my agenda. I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit. I'm yielding to the word of God. Come on, is there anybody down today that would say, I'm yielding and I'm surrendering my life. It's your will over my will. So I live a surrendered life. Right down number two, I live a serving life. I'm here to serve. So it doesn't, it does no good just to surrender if you're not down to serve. The reason why God has you surrender is so you can serve. Let me just tell you this. Serving God is the most important decision you will make on this planet. The number one decision you will make while you're on this earth. It is not who you marry. It is the decision to serve our God. The decision to serve the Lord. When you make that decision, you've solved almost all of life's problems because you know who God is. You know who King is. You know whose plan is. You know the will. It's it's the number one decision, and that's what gets you into heaven is the decision to serve the Lord. I'm just telling you, Zoe, you ought to get excited. Last Sunday, we saw over 60 people say yes to Jesus. Come on, make some noise for that. And you know what they're saying? These people are deciding when they raise their hand. I'm lifting my hand to say, God, I will serve you. I'm surrendering to grace and to the gospel of Jesus. And I'm lifting my hand to say, God, I will serve you with all my heart, with all my soul and all my strength. Making this decision is the most important decision you will make while you're here on earth. I love old school. I love Joshua in the Old Testament. Joshua in the Old Testament, he's got a decision to make. All these other people, they want to serve all these other gods. All these other opportunities are in front of these people. Watch what Joshua says. Watch these words here. Joshua 24, 15. It says, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's something about just putting a stake in the ground and say, my house, we serve God. Let me just speak to all the men in the house, all the guys. If you're the leader of your household, you ought to just put that declaration. My house is a God house. We serve God in this home. We do it God's way. If you're a leader of a business, you ought to just make that decision. My business does it God's way. I do it with integrity. I do it what the Bible says. Come on, is there anybody down today to make the decision? Ask for me and my life. Ask for me and my house. Ask for Zoe Church. Come on, we will serve the Lord. Somebody give God praise. If you're down to declare, 
declare to the world, I don't serve any other God. I serve one king. He's the high king of heaven. I will serve the Lord. I'm telling you, serving things changes everything. When you serve something, it improves. If you want your marriage to get better, you ought to serve your spouse. If you want your kids to improve, you ought to serve your children. If you want your your co-workers and you want favor at your job, you ought to start serving at your company. Serving changes things. Jesus said, the high king of heaven, he said, I, the son of man, I did not come to be served. I came to serve. In other words, if he wanted to change humanity and change the world, he knew he had to serve the world. Come on, is there anybody down this year to make a declaration? I'm not trying to get mine. I'm trying to serve. I'm trying to build. I'm trying to give. I'm trying to love. Come on, give them some praise today. If you're down to serve the Lord, something about the heart of a servant, the posture of a servant. I'm telling you, Jesus said the gateway to greatness in the kingdom is through the servant's gates. The only way you can become great in this kingdom. Wait, hold up. Are you saying that there are some people that are great in the kingdom and some people that are not so great in the kingdom? Jesus said it this way. He said, in my kingdom, we go opposite of the world. Culture says if you if you promote yourself, you're you're on top. You're the best in my kingdom. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. I'll tell you who the greatest of all, the greatest in my kingdom. It is not by fashion. It is not by ability. It is not off followers. It is not off gifting. The greatest of all is the servant of all. That's who I consider to be the greatest in my kingdom. The way that you become great, the gateway to greatness in my kingdom is through the servant's gates. You cannot be great in the kingdom of God and not serve the Lord. There's something about just putting on that apron and saying, I'm here to serve the Lord. I'm telling you, when I walk into Home Depot, I don't look at no number of any aisle. I don't need, no, I just need to find one of them dudes with an orange apron on. They're going to help me for about 20 minutes. Because I'm here to get a checklist that my wife gave me of things she needs to purchase. I don't know how to enunciate. So let me show you what the phone says, sir. And you need to help me. When you come to serve God, you ought to put an apron on and say, any of my coworkers, I'll point them the right way. Any of my family members, I'll point them the right way. Anybody that's in my world, I'll point them the right way. Come on, is there anybody down to start serving the Lord and start serving the Lord? Come on with a clean heart. Come on with pure intentions, with the right motives. So listen, the most important decision that you make on this earth is the decision to serve the Lord. And the second most important decision you make on this earth is the attitude in which you choose to serve. There ain't nothing worse than a servant with a bad attitude. You ever see somebody with a rotten attitude? Don't point at them. I seen somebody point right there. Don't point at them. It's called blast mode in church. Grace, grace. But it's not just that. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'll serve. Dream team. I'll do it. Do it. Grow track. I'm in. Fine. You got me. Fine. Push pay. I get it. It's not, it's not just that I serve. It's, the Bible says we serve our king with gladness. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I serve God with joy. You know, God will actually give you joy and strength to do the work he's put in your heart. 
So I'm here to surrender before God. I'm here to serve the Lord. Write down number three, and I'm down to sow. I make the decision my life is a giving life. I sow. I give. I'm, I'm not here to hoard. I'm not here to take. I'm not here just to get mine. No, I'm, I'm, I live a life of sowing. I'm telling you this year, you ought to make the decision to enter into a gener- generous life. When you start being generous, when you start giving, when you start serving, there's something about living for others, adding value for others. Uh, listen, a seed may be small, but there's something about sowing a seed. You believe in the potential. You believe in what could grow. You believe in what could be. You believe in the harvest that could develop out of that seed. Some of you are frustrated because you're sowing seed and you're not seeing the harvest. You don't grow weary in doing good. In due time, you're going to see a harvest that's going to overwhelm you. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but I felt like telling somebody, you just keep sowing the seed. You keep watering that. God will bring the increase. It's amazing to me. We live in a culture that wants a huge harvest. And sows little seed. Our culture says it this way. We got million dollar dreams with hundred dollar work ethic. Biblically speaking, let's go Bible. God says, I'll always supply seed to the sower. Another way you could say that is God always gives to giving people. You can't outgive God. The more you give, the more you receive. In fact, the Bible says when you give, it comes back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over into your lap. Translation, you can't outgive God. When you sow a seed, when you sow into somebody, when you sow into an organization, when you sow into a ministry, when you sow into a, a, a life that needs to be sown into, it comes back to you better than you gave it. That's why, listen, you, you're never given to God or give. No, I'm not giving to God. I'm sowing back seed. I'm sowing into the kingdom of God. We, 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 we got a check this last week. We receive every month a check from a church in Midland, Texas. You don't even know where that is. Except for that one girl that yelled in the back. <laughs> Friday night football rules. Amen. Midland, Texas, over by Odessa. There's a little church there in in Midland, Texas. You know that they send us a check for $2,000 every single month for us to continue the work that we're doing here in Los Angeles. Come on, let's thank that church in Midland, Texas. What a faithful, faithful church. Even before we open our church, six months before we open, that church is just sending us a seed. Sending us a seed. Look at the harvest that is here because of the seed that they sowed, the seed that they planted. Come on, anybody thankful today that you have the opportunity to surrender your life to God? Come on, serve the Lord and start sowing seed. That's what I love about Zoe Leadership College. You know what we're saying at ZLC? We believe in the future. We believe in these bright young leaders, and we're going to sow into their life. We're going to sow resources and information and wisdom, and we're going to sow. We're going to believe that they'll go further than we can ever dream. We're going to believe they're going to do things we can never even get close to. Come on, because we're sowing. It might be a seed form right now. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody today. Start sowing seeds. Come on. The Bible says if you plant it and someone else waters it, God will bring the increase. Come on, somebody. Thank the Lord today. I'm down to surrender. I'm down to serve. And I'm living a life that's sowing. In fact, watch this. Proverbs 11:25. I love this scripture so much. I'm going to show it to you in a regular version, and then I'm going to go old school King James version. Watch this scripture. I love this verse. Watch this. Proverbs 11:25. A generous person will prosper. Do you notice it didn't say a generous person could perhaps might prosper? No, it says a generous person, they will prosper. And watch what it says here at the end. It says, and Those who refresh others 
will they themselves be refreshed. Watch it in the King James Version. The liberal soul shall be made fat. Whew. The liberal, I, I want a full soul. Forget my bank account. I want to live a life. I got a full soul. I got compliments. I've got blessings. I've got money to give. My soul is content. Listen, if you don't have a liberal soul, what will happen? You, 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 you get all scarce on the inside and anemic on the inside. and You're threatened by other people's success. and you, 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 don't, you don't know how to give another person a compliment. But when you live generous, I'm telling you, as you refresh others, it comes back to you better than you can give it out. You will be refreshed yourself. Somebody thank God today that we're making a decision to surrender. We're making a decision to serve and I'm down to sow. I'm down just to, to sow into somebody. Sow into Zoe Church. So, listen, live a generous life. It will do more for you. People ask me, how in the world can you preach five times at Zoe? Five services and we're starting one in the Valley Campus. How, how, how do you have, and aren't you tired? It's amazing. When you start serving and sowing, you refresh others, but you're blessed more than you bless others. I put my head down on the pillow at night, exhausted and fulfilled. Because when you live to refresh others, you yourself, you're refreshed even more. I want to encourage you, make this your year that you surrender to our King. Make this your year that you serve our God. Make this your year that you, you're going to sow more than ever before. You're going to reap a harvest beyond your wildest dreams. And here's the last one, number four, write this down. We live a life that bows. We bow before our King. It's not just, I know he calls me friend, I'm overwhelmed by it. But I, but I bow before the Lord. Jesus says, he says, listen, in my kingdom, it just, it, we work different here. We're counterculture. Remember what Paul said in the beginning? Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, present your bodies as living sacrifice. Then you'll know his perfect, pleasing will. But what did he say? And do not conform to the patterns of this world. What does the world say? The world says, you, you got to promote, man. You, you better, you better self-promote. It's branding. Brand yourself. Watch what Jesus says. He says, if you, um, if, you, if you humble yourself, then I'll exalt you. It is far more powerful to be exalted by God than, be, than to be exalted by man. I'm telling you, God can do something with your life. In fact, it says here in 1 Peter, it's going to come on a screen, but watch this verse. Watch this promise today. Last verse of the day, 1 Peter 5, 6. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Some of you think like, oh man, God, keep, I keep getting passed by. I don't know why they're not noticing. I don't know why I'm not getting promoted. Don't they see I'm serving? Don't they see I'm sowing? Don't they see I'm surrendered? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just keep doing you. God's watching. And in due time, God knows when to exalt. The Bible says promotion come not from the east nor the west. Promotion cometh from the Lord. And God knows when to promote you. God knows when to take you and elevate your life. You just keep trusting God. You just keep serving God. You keep sowing before the Lord. And God will exalt you in due time so I bow before God in holy reverence you are king and I am not I am just a servant in your kingdom oh God I love to serve you I'm, I'm a servant of the most high I don't know where this came from but 
um, you know, before the services, before every Zoe service, we meet in the back and we got the worship team there and the production team there and the choir and everybody. And we go through the order of service and we get ready to go and we pray together. And once we've gone through everything and we're ready to go, we talk about all the details. We pray that God, would, you know, really move in the service and really do something great. And my son has been, he's been wanting to come to all five services. Dad, I want to go to all five services. So in the, in the evening time, he's been, he's been coming and hanging out with me in the back and coming to the meetings. And last Sunday, we went to go pray. And I don't know who taught him this, but we went to go pray. You, you got to see this photo of my son. We went to pray for the services. Look at, my, look at my son, Winston. That's him. And he's just, oh, I could cry. And I, saw, I seen him just get down on his hands and knees and kneel before God. And I said, oh, my gosh, in my head, I said, who taught you that? Your mother and father have never done that. <laughs> Thank God for Zoe kids. <laughs> but what a beautiful, beautiful sight to behold. Maybe it's why Jesus said, let the children come. Have a childlike faith. Because there's something about bowing before. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.